Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. These United employees are also following orders of don't talk to anybody, don't make a comment about what just happened. Welcome to episode 35 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be doing a special episode on the public relations nightmare that was United Airlines Flight 3411. Suppose you were the CEO of a $40 billion airline company. Let's say it's the third largest in the world. You've just been informed that there's been an issue on one of your flights. You're told that a flight leaving Chicago O'Hare International Airport to Louisville, Kentucky, flight 3411, had been overbooked and several passengers were involuntarily bumped off the flight. But one passenger in particular refused and he was forcibly removed. To say that it was a scene is an understatement. The man was essentially ripped from his seat by law enforcement officers and as a result of the physical force was knocked unconscious. His glasses falling off his face, his body dragged by the arms down the aisle of the plane, leaving a trail of blood and bodily fluids in his wake. As the CEO, what would you order your flight crew to do? We took a poll from our Great Fail listeners and here's what some of you had to say. I think the thing that I would do if I was a CEO is, one, be as transparent as possible without giving out too much information. It's not really necessary. What's necessary in the moment is an apology and some kind of reciprocation. So those passengers should be made to feel as comfortable and safe as possible, whether that means switching out a crew and ensuring that each of the passengers are going to have the best experience possible during that flight. If I was the CEO of an airline and this situation occurred, I would first instruct my flight attendant, flight crew to make sure everyone remained calm and seated. Do not explain or go in detail of what happened. Just ask for any assistance. If anyone needs assistance, food, beverage, and remain calm. If anything happened after that, I would say, hey, you can call our customer service to possibly request Sky Miles or Miles for the inconvenience. I think the first thing that you would have to do is take care of the customer. Find the closest hospital and dentist 
and get them taken care of. The next thing you'd have to do as a CEO is instruct a flight crew to apologize to everyone else on the flight. They don't necessarily have to know details. All they have to do is know that the same thing isn't going to happen to them. I would instruct the flight crew to explain that there was a conflict that happened with a passenger on the plane, but that that passenger was removed and that it was all being taken care of just to make sure that everyone remained calm. And then I would try and be as accommodating as possible with the passengers by offering free food and refreshments. So how do you think you would have instructed your staff at such a time of crisis? Well, one thing's for sure, because when you find out, you will be shocked and stupefied at just how the entire situation was actually handled. Welcome to the PR nightmare of United Airlines Flight 3411, flying the not-so-friendly skies on April 9th, 2017. In 34 episodes of The Great Fail, we've spent most of our time covering the epic meltdowns and scandals that have brought entire companies to their knees. But today, I want to look at a situational Great Fail. Though it remains an iconic company, the details of United Airlines' brutal actions had me floored when the incident on Flight 3411 occurred over four years ago. Because crisis management is something that many companies will face in their lifetime, being adept at handling it gracefully, as well as grace under fire, is a skill set that requires proper planning and training. It seems like a no-brainer that companies would have some sort of plan of action against crisis, because reputation is directly tied into a brand's value. But what's crazy is that 70% of executives will face a corporate crisis, and studies still show that today, one in four companies doesn't even have an adequate crisis communication plan. 25% of companies don't even discuss how to meaningfully deal with crisis, which could be a death knell to a company at any stage of their lifetime. Some communicators and executives have admitted that although many of them have a crisis strategy drafted, they're only minimally confident in being able to actually manage it effectively. And United Airlines seemed to have fallen into that bucket on April 9th, 2017. Here's how that day unfolded. That Sunday evening, all the passengers of United Airlines Flight 3411 were fully buckled and minutes away from taking off when four United employees arrived at the gate. They needed to board the aircraft as they were due to work on another leg of the trip. An announcement was made that they needed to bump four passengers off the plane. At first, no one responded. So the flight attendant used some concessions to entice an offer. A $400 voucher, a hotel stay, and another seat on the flight the next day? No takers. Then they came back with $800. And still, there were no volunteers. They waited some more 
And that's when a United manager came aboard to inform everyone that they would now randomly select four passengers to be removed. Dr. David Dow and his wife were two of those that were handpicked to leave the plane. But when Dr. Dow found out that the next flight wouldn't be until the day after, he refused, saying that he needed to see patients the next day. So there was some commotion and aviation security was called in to deal with the situation. And that's when things went from bad to worse in a matter of seconds. Emily Powell, who was seated next to Dr. Dow on the plane, witnessed the entire ordeal and describes here the initial moments when authorities got involved. The air marshal came up and David is still buckled. So there's a little bit of a jerking motion that happens. It's almost like if you've ever taken a toddler out of a car seat and you realize, oh, they're still strapped in around their waist. And so it's just kind of a little tug two or three times, but it was a lot more violent than trying to get a a child out of a car seat. So it was about two hard jerks from the air marshal to David, who's sitting buckled in his seat. And then I don't know if he ever just like made the quick motion and unbuckled or got ripped out. But in the process of pulling him out from all the way to window seat to now the aisle, he hit his chin or his lip and was bleeding and it just continued to bleed down his his shirt. And so now he's lying on his back. Dr. Dow sustained injuries to his head and his mouth. His face was cut and two of his teeth were knocked out. His lawyer would later say that the injuries required reconstructive surgery. Another blow, this time against an armrest, knocked him unconscious. Dow was then dragged down the aisle by the arms and out of the plane, past row after row of onlookers, causing distress amongst passengers. So at that moment, when David is being drug off, there's a lot more comments from other passengers of, oh my God, like, no, he's bleeding. And a little bit more of like vocalizing what we're all feeling of, this is really uncomfortable. You don't treat people that way. Why are you doing this? More of those kind of comments. And there's a few people that were crying and just kind of just in shock. It was a startling scene and hard to digest and unsettling for many. Others took to their phone to record what they were witnessing to post on their social media feed. And he's now laying on his back and being pulled by his hand by the air marshal down the aisle, drug out with his feet hanging. It almost looked like this is something you would see in a cartoon of somebody being drug off a plane like this. And then you realize these are employees. This is somebody who's a law enforcement and he's pulling people out like this. So again, just a little bit of feeling of shock of like, oh, it it escalated that quickly to where we're not willing to negotiate with anybody else to give up their seat. Why does it have to be this man and his wife, essentially? Videos from Twitter and Instagram trickled into the media showing the doctor's body limp, bloody, shirt halfway up his torso, glasses lopsided on his face. At the same time, all the passengers were ordered to deplane in order for the crew to clean up the blood and bodily fluids. An hour later, they were back in their seats. So once we got back on the plane, it's super stoic, it's super somber. 
The flight attendants don't say a word. And the four seats that are now empty are taken by United Airline employees, which probably was the original thing that they were trying to do anyway. They need to get their employees to a certain airport, so they had to put them on that plane, which I think they would reserve the right to do anyway, that they could do that. But it just feels like a cheap shot considering everything that happened and somebody had to get hurt because of it. Emily waited, probably like many other passengers, for something, some sort of consolation or comfort or even acknowledgement, but that never came. The lack of response was so piercing it hung over the flight like a dark cloud. Once we got back on the plane, I think the pilot said a few like just standard things of getting things up in the air and different safety precautions but there was no apology from any representative there was no apology or just some type of soothing comment that could have been helpful I think for the rest of the passengers on the plane from anyone I feel like if I'm a flight attendant and I'm trying to serve these people on this plane I don't want things to be tense So what can I say to help repair the relationship? None of those things happened. There was no effort, really. Everything was very cold, very stoic. And it could have been that these United employees are also following orders of don't talk to anybody, don't make a comment about what just happened. But it seemed like this could be a great time for somebody to apologize and to make it up to the other people who have just watched it happen if you can possibly repair something like that, that quickly. But there wasn't an effort to be made. Even after safely landing to the final destination in Louisville, Kentucky, nothing was addressed. And it became more apparent that it might have been the result of directives and marching orders from management. When we got off the plane in Louisville, I think there was one flight attendant I'm now remembering. She didn't say anything expansive just said sorry and you could tell on her face that maybe that's not what she was allowed to say or not supposed to say or been told don't comment on the situation but you could tell she was upset she was upset at how things were handled so yeah even if it if it's not super elaborate and it doesn't necessarily fix the issue it still can communicate care if that wasn't wild enough it was what occurred afterwards that continued to send shockwaves to the rest of the world that weren't there Initially, United Airlines CEO Oscar Munez issued sort of a damage control statement that day, explaining the situation of an unwieldy passenger placing the blame on Dr. Dow. However, after the video surfaced all over the news, Munez issued a public statement the very next day. He was quoted saying, This is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. What? Did he just allude to dragging him off unconsciously as reaccommodating? It sparked a fury with many accusing United of being completely tone deaf with his carefully chosen words. Videos were circulated and shared over 87,000 times and viewed by over 6.8 million people, many threatening to boycott United. Some speculated and questioned whether this would have escalated this far had Dr. Dow not been Asian. 
United Airlines stock fell almost 4% amid the backlash, and the company's market value took a nosedive by $1 billion. It was such a moment of ridicule that others joined in with comical criticism, like Emirates Airline, who posted, fly the friendly skies with the real airline, end quote. It wasn't until two days later when Munez came corrected with a more appropriate response in which he then addressed the situation with more empathy, this time saying, I continue to be disturbed by what happened on this flight and I deeply apologize to the customer forcibly removed and to all the customers aboard. No one should ever be mistreated this way. But by then, the response seemed disingenuous, sloppy to say the least. Issuing three apologies two days in a row, seemingly very unrefined and disorganized, coming from one of the largest companies in the world. So what could United Airlines have done better in response to this crisis? Well, for starters, it seemed that having the ability to quickly shift into crisis mode would have included a way to immediately address or even acknowledge the collective trauma that passengers witnessed on the tarmac, as Emily had anticipated during that flight. And then following the incident, having a clear, consistent, thoughtful message that, number one, admitted the mishandling of the situation, number two, included a thoughtful plan on how to rectify that going forward for Dr. Dow, for his fellow passengers, and for those who were horrified and triggered by what had occurred. Because what people want most, especially in this case of mistreatment of a human being, is leadership and recognition that something like this will never have to occur again. How can a business succeed in planning for crisis when things don't go as planned? What is the question that people in service-based organizations should be asking themselves in a case like this? When people get upset, when a customer gets upset, or even you as the person working for a company or an organization, when emotions are getting high, how do you de-escalate that situation to where it doesn't have to always blow up of somebody getting drug off a plane? How do you de-escalate that and still be good at your job and serve people well? The incident that occurred on Flight 3411, many may have forgotten. But for others, it has struck a chord. For me personally, there is never a time when I see the United Airlines logo where I don't think about what occurred with Dr. Dow. If nothing more, the past several years have taught us how fragile situations can be, how quickly escalations can arise, and though more efforts are being made in training, nothing is ever 100%. As it relates to crisis communications, and I use this term loosely, as every situation requires thoughtful and tailored planning. On a general basis, the three main rules of thumb are plan ahead, respond quickly, and be transparent. You don't have to overshare or make excuses, but admitting to the mistake and assuring the mistake won't be repeated is pretty powerful. And always, always have your organization's ethical compass drive that plan. United Airlines was proof that when it comes to a crisis plan, it's probably not wise to fly by the seat of your pants. 
Special thanks to Emily Powell for speaking about her experience that day on Flight 3411 for this episode. And thank you for tuning in to this week's The Great Fail. Please make sure to visit our website at thegreatfail.com for behind-the-scene audio and video footage. If you like these episodes and want us to continue bringing you more, please subscribe to our newsletter because, well, not connecting with you would be our great fail. While you're at it, simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of them would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Lastly, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Great Fail Pod. And please subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes to show your support. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And remember, folks, with great failure comes great liability. I must confess, I did what I did, now my life's a mess. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.